got any idea what a gandy dancer is or a phrenologist? What about a knocker-upper? Believe it or not, these are all actual jobs from the past, and the stories behind them are fascinating. I'm Matt Beat. And I'm Helen Hong, and every week we take a look at a different occupation that is now Jobsolete on our new podcast called, you guessed it, Jobsolete. Check it out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To some, he's Ziggy Stardust. To others, the Thin White Duke. Or Major Tom. But who is David Bowie really? To answer that, we'll have to go Off the Record. Off the Record is a new music biography podcast. Every season profiles one legendary artist. To start, we'll explore the faces of David Bowie. Each episode tells the story of one of his iconic personas. Together, they form an intimate portrait of the complex cultural giant. Listen and follow Off the Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Serious Rap Shit is a production of iHeartRadio. Me and my friend take his rap shit Yo, 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 mic check, one, two, episode 145, Serious Rap Shit Podcast, I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we, we about to get it in. What's going on, Josh? Hey, shit. Um, Yo, my son came to me yesterday and was like, yo, um, I, I think I'm about to start trying, like, messing with these stocks a little bit. I said, oh, shit. Okay, like that's what's future up. future capitalist. I love yeah. It. He's like no, like he's like my homie be making good money off it. My man Reem about to hop in too. Like I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw throw a little money into this. I said all right, cool. He was like yeah, and like if I can get you and mommy to start doing it, I'll make even more money on it. And then like if I can get other people, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like son, I think that's called a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> I'm like, I-, I think that's a pyramid scheme, son. He was like, well, and he threw up the rock. It was like, well, you know what I mean? It's the rock, baby. Like, what do you want? <laughs> it's like, I don't think this going to turn out how you want it. You said you what? I'm sorry. I said, I don't think this going to turn out how you want it. <laughs> yo, I was really like, oh, man, you know, young brother, he about to be out here doing this thing. <laughs> Nah, don't uh, uh, don't do that shit. No, nah, that's like, absolutely a pyramid scheme. I'm like, let me look at it before you throw money into it, please. That shit about to be five licks. Yeah, essentially. Yo. Wow, man. Like, remember the boy? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this shit. We was uh on Facebook clowning five licks, and the one boy jumped in. And was like, you guys are fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> You guys don't know anything about residual income. And it was like one of my coworkers' husband or some shit. I'm like, come on, man. Dumb. You if you believe in it, then fine. Nigga, I used to believe in the Easter Bunny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Get the fuck out of here, nigga, you grown ass nigga. Tell me about motherfuckers uh five links. Hey listen, man, there's a lot of motherfuckers believe in fairy tales, dog. It's okay to man. believe in five links. This whole country's a scam. <laughs> 
Yo, for yo, I was really like following along with you, like, yeah, you know, you about to get in them stocks. Dog, you like said that, that shit. The you and then mommy. <laughs> yeah, your homie as, John, get him involved. <laughs> Start as, talking about it on the show. As soon as he started, like, yo, so if I can get y'all to, I'll make even more money. I was like, oh, that sounds like a pyramid scheme, son. Yeah, that ain't that ain't the stocks. That's no. like the scams. Yeah. I was like, the stock market itself is a fucking scam. But Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But it ain't that shit. No. No. Oh, I'm like, man. fam. No, that's not. We're not going down the the, the, the pyramid scheme route. But, you know, he was like, nah. no, I'm telling you, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I might just let him go out in the wild. Like, you know what I mean? And You know. You know, the, every, the, listen, everybody <laughs> think they can pick the, the, the queen out in the three-car money until they fucking <laughs> do it and lose. Right. Dog. The illest. I we will come back to that shit. Just a, a brief sidebar. The illest shit I ever seen, dog. I was on the bus. I think this was like um, is it was a long bus ride. It might have been like the twenty three <coughs> that runs from like I think it's the twenty three runs from like Germantown, like all through the guts of the city. Ger- mm-hmm. Twenty three, thirty two, one of those fucking buses, and I was asleep on the back of the bus. Cause I'm a hoodlum and, <laughs> and I'm very comfortable sleeping in public. Cause niggas not going to try me. Yeah. But I woke up and was in a three car Molly. Game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I woke up and the nigga had, you know, you sleep on the, the very back of the bus and it's like, uh, the, the chairs that run parallel. Yeah. That's like facing into the aisle. I was asleep in one of them joints on the very back and the nigga was in the parallel seats and he had it set up in front of me. And when I swear to God, dog, I woke up out of my sleep and this nigga was like, pick one, brother. (laughs) And I was like, all right. And I picked one and he's like, you won. And he tried to get me into the game. I was like, bro, I grew up in the city. Like, like, you you won. So now imagine if you would have bet $20, you'd have been up like fam. Right. No. Like, you know what I mean? I know I didn't win this fair and square because I was literally just in a dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, like I woke up and you had this these fucking cards in front of me. This woman, I don't know, she had scrubs on, dog. It's like some shit from a movie. <laughs> he he got her into it. She lost about two three hundred dollars on the back of the bus. Dog. dog, I looked at this shit with my eyes. They used to come out around like the holidays all the time because mm-hmm. they knew motherfuckers was on the bus, get ready to go to the mall or whatever, spend their bread. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be like, "Yo, I'm gonna come on this." Yo, they used to be on the back of the bus getting people. When I worked at uh, Franklin Mills, they used yeah. to catch that long ass fucking ride up there. They mm-hmm. used to be on that joint getting people, dog. <laughs> like never in my life. I used to watch that shit. Like, why? Why would you like? Have you, you never seen a movie from the 80s? <laughs> yeah. Like, y'all niggas ain't see uh, Mo Money? Yeah, <laughs> shit like the, that. You know this is a rigged. This is rigged. Like, yeah. like, it's like watching a magician and going like, yeah, but that's like, you know, that's not, he's not going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Like, no, he is. This is his, what he does. Like, he's a yeah. scam artist, essentially. There's no way it's going to be a dove in that. Yeah. Hat. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's like, why and would you bet against And then you lose $300. Yeah. Like, uh, you lost your rent. Right. Right. <laughs> dog. That motherfucker. Because after he tried to get me in it, and I was like, nah, this other brother got in. And I, that dude, which this is like scam one-on-one, that dude was his, yeah, like his, his guy. Uh-huh. 
And that motherfucker won like $200 and then got off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and homegirl, he's like, yeah, sis, you trying to play? Homegirl just watched this motherfucker, quote, unquote, win $200. Yeah. And she gets into it, dog. She lost so much money. It was two, $300. Something, a, a motherfucker in scrubs on the back of the bus don't got $300 to lose. Nah. Nah. You know what I'm saying? And like, oh, she man, probably worked she, like four or five overtimes for that money. Like, <laughs> she was so heated. And like, boy, he got her. He he got her. And then she was like, oh, you ain't going, you ain't going to let me win my money back. He was like, no, 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 sis, that's the that's end of it. And he skated with her shit. Thought she was so mad. Niggas was on the back of the bus trying to comfort her. <laughs> like, like, oh, is this all right, sis? It's cool. She was like, I punched that nigga in his face. <laughs> you should have socked him when you was yeah. down a hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you kept playing. Yeah. No, that's yo. like, yo, I don't get motherfuckers who just buy, like, scratch off after scratch off every fucking day. Like, yeah. dog, like, those shits are in your life, yo. Like that money, and like listen, I'm not gonna hit you with the well. You could you to save that money instead of buying them Jordans, you could have bought a passport. I'm not hitting you with that, right? No. I'm just saying like this shit is a scheme. Like at least if you buy Jordans, you got fucking Jordans to wear. <laughs> right. Like you You're know fresh. what I mean? <laughs> you buying a scratch off ticket? Like you know what I mean? Like that shit. Like it's just at the end of the day, man. You just never go, like. And the scam for them is like either they give you your money back on the ticket. Or you get a free ticket. Like, that's always the scam. I was going to say, like, when I did that shit, I was just bored. When we worked at, like, the IRS, there was, Uh like, a little store in the IRS where you can buy, like, I don't know, a fucking Reese's Cup for, like, $2. Goofy shit. Just to, like, snatch back people's money. And... Working, you working around like a bunch of old ladies. It's like a cultural thing. So I started fucking with the scratch-offs, too. But after a while, I stopped because, like, even when I won, it was like twelve bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, nigga, why am I even wasting my time for like twelve dollars? I never won any significant amount of money. Sixty I'll, bucks at the most. When I worked at Rena Center, which was a whole another scam. Uh, oh, absolutely. Dude used to come in to like pay his bill on like a Friday and shit. Mm-hmm. And he would like always come from right across the street. When I worked at this one joint, there was like a newsstand like you know sell magazines newspapers like kids back in the day there used to be like print media so <laughs> like you'd buy there'd be newsstands where you could buy print media from right they're like physical websites yes um you would the dude would come he would go there like buy his like probably cash his check because it was always like right outside like a check cash place mm-hmm. go cash his check come in buy a couple th- he would come in and buy like he would go there and buy uh like twenty dollar, thirty dollar tickets, like lotto tickets. And he would hit a bunch of times. He always would tell us, like, yo, you gotta pay like the twenty dollars though to get like the mm. better ones. He's like, I hit for a hundred uh, a fifty or a hundred dollars like all the time. Yeah. But, you know, knowing that my man is paying off like furniture nine times what it's worth. <laughs> I don't right. think like financially sound decisions was probably the best idea to be getting from my man. Yeah. You're not hitting that crazy. You, no. you still you you got some financial challenges. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I remember one dude we was uh when I worked at the one in Sheltonham, right near um uh where your brother live at. Yeah, yeah. Uh where my kids used to live at. Uh right on the uh right right on the corner of Sheltonham and uh Wadsworth. Mm-hmm. There um, 
when I was working there, we used to have this dude, and he was always like late on his payments or behind all the time, mm. and we was always chasing after him to get bread. Right. Um, we were essentially like when you work for a lo- Renaissance, you're essentially like muscle for a loan shark. <laughs> right. Um, in a uniform. Yeah, exactly. In a blue shirt. <laughs> um. So he was like, um, he was always behind, always behind, always behind, and. Uh, there was a. This was when payday loans were like fucking huge, and there was Terrible. like three of them right around the corner from the job, and so my store manager, older, wiser boy, like you know what I mean. He like he knew the game, so he used to just go around to like the payday loans and ask about ball. Oh snap! And like the word was like he was behind and like he had like loans at all three places behind in all of those. So he used to just come in the store and be like, "Yo, we ain't getting that money from him." Yeah. Like he's like, "You can watch that shit." He was like, "We that ain't getting that money." Thought. Imagine what that nigga credit report looked like now. <laughs> <laughs> shit like the Bible, it got mad chapters yeah. in it. Yeah, that Yo. shit like that predatory lending shit, dog. Like that shit was really awful in cities really allowed it yeah you know what i mean like really allowed it there was really um i mean it, it's still this like i said earlier this country's a scam yeah. you know what i mean but it's like it's really they've they've been uh allowing like you said predatory lenders people who really profit off of like poverty and make being poor expensive yeah you know what I'm saying? I was doing research right before we got on this call. Um, I've just been like going through old newspaper clippings for this thing that I'm working on. And I found this article. It said, um, I can't think of the headline, but it essentially was like growing up in North Philly, living and dying is more expensive than any or living or living and dying is expensive. And they were talking about like the cost of like funerals in the hood compared to anywhere else. And this was like 1970. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this shit still goes on. It's really, it's like, it's bad enough that the poor are poor, but then they're preyed upon economically as well. Yeah. They make it, they make it like super expensive to be poor. Yeah. Like you, you know, it's really expensive to be poor. And uh, side note, though, when you said you were like doing research, you like and you were looking through um, newspaper title. Like my brain instantly went to like those movies back in the day when dude be in the library looking at the microfiche, <laughs> right? And like flipping through the the joints, uh-huh. <laughs> big delaminated <laughs> shits. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like that's it's all set up to be that way. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's set up so like you know you're constantly chasing. All the time, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that's that how credit shit was the worst. Dog, like they, it, it, it was, it was specifically set up to, like, keep poor people in a constant state of poverty. Yeah, just you know paying I mean? and paying and paying yeah. on some shit. They lend you like three hundred fifty dollars. And you pay know, back. Rent, rent was cheap back then. Yeah, you know what I mean. So niggas might need three hundred fifty dollars for yeah. rent. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the interest rate on it might be 300%. Yeah, it's crazy because Barack Obama's VP is one of the dudes who, like, he was one of the dudes, the biggest inspiration behind, like, giving payday loans, whatever they wanted. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm just glad he's not involved in politics no more. 
Yeah, uh, whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. That dude, <laughs> Joe Biden. I'm <laughs> glad, you know. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's part of the crime bill, too. Crime bill, you know, um, making sure that, uh, making it more difficult for Americans to file for a bankruptcy. Yeah. All kind of things. I'm glad we learned our lesson. Yeah. And was and like. We got him up out of <laughs> politics. Yeah, get that get that dude out of there. Let, let him, like. I don't know, go work on like Cobra Island or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? With all the other super villains. Don't, don't let that nigga back in politics. <laughs> Yo, imagine like he pop up, he's got like a he he's got like a cobra pin on his tie. <laughs> right. He was like, I'm just representing uh Cobra in the Senate. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? You know, both sides. We gotta listen. <laughs> cobra would get a Senate seat before like Puerto Rico does, so I mean <laughs> Yo. Shout out to Puerto Rico. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of people when uh, this story came out that uh, DC is on its way to yeah, becoming statehood. a state. Yeah, a lot oh. of people were like, "Now do Puerto Rico," and Puerto Ricans were like, "Nah, I forgot to hear. Like, you know what? this is like some colony shit. We don't want to be a state." I mean, I'm sure the the opinions vary. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean. I'm I'm interested in that though. Um, what? I don't mean like rich Puerto Ricans, like what like the average motherfucker thinks about this. Yeah, I know there's like there's definitely mixed feelings. It's the same thing with like, you know, with people with like Cuba. Like there's you know, certain people are like, yo, Cuba's like the best place on the planet and other people are yeah. like, Yeah, no, because like the revolution kicked my peoples out of the fucking country. So I was gonna say, like, a lot of um Liz was talking about somebody I can't think of who it was, but they were saying like, yeah, that person, their family was from Cuba and they don't fuck with Castro. I was like, are they like white Cubans <laughs> that owned like a plantation or some shit? Like, you know, because that shit is important. Well, like, what's it called? You know, it matters. I remember this. I think it was the source did like a, uh, a article and it was like dead Prez talking about Cuba versus mm. like Pitbull talking about Cuba. Oh shit! (laughs) It was like they definitely had different opinions on what Cuba was. We need we need like a dead press. If it's not if it's not them two specifically, we need like that kind of energy. There's some real like soft sucker energy out here. We need like them motherfuckers. Yeah, because they was legit talk about like firebombing city hall. (laughs) But also, what's crazy is they have one of the most beautiful hip hop songs I've ever heard. The uh, mind Su- sex joint, no, nah, the summertime joint. Oh yeah, that's like one of my favorite, like happiest songs of all time. And it's like, I mean, I guess it's not really happy, happy, but like it just feels good when you listen yeah. to it, right? That presence is the shit, yo. I yeah. feel like I uh, wasn't exactly like I was real like. You know, like on some like super lyrical shit when they came out, and I don't think I was really like paying attention to them. Yeah, but like revisiting a lot of the shit that they did, like they were incredible. Yeah, plus she was like really in a puff at the time, so <laughs> that's what it was. You <laughs> <laughs> was like, yo, this Mace. Yeah, nah, I love Puff. I I did not fuck with Puff back in the nah, day. No, me neither. He's nah. another one like that grew on me. Yeah, that whole absolutely. movement grew on me. You know, what oh, I, mean? yeah. I love Big. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't fucking with Mace when Mace came out. Nah. Nah. Um Yeah, no, nah, that shit grew on me, dog. Like now if you throw on like me, 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 
you feel so good. You know what make me yeah. feel so good. You know, I'll mean? be like, yo, this is my shit. When that That's shit came shit. out, I was like, this is the death of hip hop, yo. <laughs> yo, like, I don't talk about that shit that much. Like, I do a little bit, but yeah, I was on like some super backpack shit yeah. back in the day. I liked like criminal shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But like party shit, I wasn't with that shit. No, nah, like I the like most old party party shit. Be like, yo, throw on some lyricist lounge shit. Like that's as close <laughs> as I would get to a party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of people like in a circle. <laughs> Couple people sitting on couches. <laughs> uh before we go any further, I think we should uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump out for our first break and then we're gonna come back and talk some uh versus stuff. Yes. Word. Hello, lovelies. This is Arden Marine, and you may know me from Chelsea Lately or Shameless or more recently as Regina Sinclair on Insatiable on Netflix. I want to tell you about my podcast, Will You Accept This Rose, where we recap all the seasons of The Bachelor franchise, and we are very excited to talk about the new season of The Bachelor with Matt James. Each episode, we bring in amazing celebrity guests, and we have a bunch of amazing guests planned to cover this season with us, including Lance Bass, Ashley I from The Bachelor franchise, Paget Brewster, Doug Benson, Jerry Trainer, Rob Benedict, Lauren Lapkus, Brian Safi, Ross Matthews, Kate Micucci, Scott Ackerman, Miles Gray, Lacey Mosley, Michelle Collins, and more. If you watch the Bachelor franchise, you're going to love hanging with us while we get into the hot details of the show. You may have other choices in Bachelor podcasts, but none that are this funny, and we are truly fans. Catch our episodes every Wednesday and listen to Will You Accept This Rose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on this love journey. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Boom, right back at it. Uh, shout out to my man Steve. I think Steve like texted me like boom back in effect <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I I noticed that like my my cliches, I be saying them, you know what I mean? And like running them. I'm about to like switch it up on y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I noticed I do uh what you call it a lot. I'll say like, yeah, yeah, like hundred percent, hundred percent. I was like, yeah, yeah, I gotta change that. Yeah, I mean we talk Every week we we do this shit every week, you know what I'm saying? Some shit's bound to repeat itself. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool this week. Um, they they did it on a Wednesday, yeah. which was weird. Um, Snoop Dogg faced off against uh, DMX for this latest edition of Versus. I didn't catch it that night. Um, cause I wasn't, I, I just wasn't like thinking of it to catch it that night, but then I caught up and watched it later yeah. and yeah, it was, it's definitely in like the top tier of the best ones, ones with the, the best energy, Absolutely. you know, yeah. of, of the series that they've done for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't catch it that night either. I watched it like later on YouTube. Yeah. Um, 
and I like I like having a like both of them in the same place. Yeah, that was cool. At first, when I saw it as it was happening, like um, I saw like clips on Twitter, but I didn't watch the whole thing. I was like, "Are they actually in the same room, or is that some like like split screen <laughs> shit?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the Patty Duke shit, you know? What yeah. I mean? <laughs> like they got like a mirror or some I, shit. It I appreciate weird. you going with a 1950s television show. I really, mean, really you know, dating us. Niggas, niggas had Nickelodeon back in the <laughs> yeah, day. Nick at night, Nick at night, you know what I'm saying? Just a Patty Duke and some uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke show back to back. Yo, I made a Dobie Gillis reference <laughs> <laughs> at one point, and Liz looked at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, "You know what, dog? Rock out." I'm not, yeah. I'm just, gonna, because, just because Nick at night when you was a kid was like Fresh Prince, and <laughs> how crazy is that? Nick at night. Like for a specific generation or age group, was shit that like came out when we were like teenagers. Yeah, well, that what's crazy <laughs> is Nick and Knight went from like, you know, like Dick Van Dyke show and like all these shows in black and white and like fucking uh, what's her name, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, Mary Tyler oh. Moore, and um, the the redhead John who married the Cuban boy. Oh yeah, uh, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Like it went from that. To like Fresh Prince, like there was no middle ground for like it wasn't yeah. like it went to like Cheers or something like that for yeah, us when good we were times kids or some shit. Yeah, it just went from like super black and white show where like the husband and wife don't sleep in the same bed to <laughs> you know what I mean Will Smith like trying to get Toppy from uh, Nia Long and shit like right. you know what I mean. I imagine older people tuning in and being like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened to Dick Van Dyke? Nobody wants to watch Dick Van Dyke. No, nah, my mom. That's probably about it. Yo. But yeah, it was it was cool to see um, Snoop and DMX in the same room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like, dapped each other up in the beginning. And I appreciate Snoop coming in a, in a onesie. <laughs> With the like, doggy style shit. Yeah. Yo. I appreciate Snoop- that. Snoop's energy is like on a bean. Like you could tell, he he probably sleeps so good at night. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because he's just like having fun. He dancing and shit. I love that. Uh, one they opened it. Um, they were like, you know, how they play music before niggas yeah. walk out. They were playing uh, when the revolution comes. Yep, by the last poets. That was incredible. And then they come out and DMX does a prayer. But he rhymes the prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's like cool with scripture and shit. I was like, this is like, this is perfect shit. Yeah. You know was, what I mean? They was like giving each other now and laters and shit like yeah. that. Like, yeah. like, it's like your uncle's sitting around. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It was like the funniest shit. Snoop's like crip walking and shit. It was, <laughs> it was fucking incredible. <laughs> um, I appreciate DMX being like, Super New York and having like red Timberland boots on, yo. And this like, whole fit was wild. Really baggy clothes. Like he just never left. Like two thousand and one. Like yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, dog. That shit um, was ill to see. And you know, like we both we know these guys in their catalog. Uh-huh. Snoop was really pulling out shit. He pulled out uh, uh, the bitch please. Yeah. Which I haven't thought about that song since the 2000s. I was like, man, like, it's, you know, outside of the general misogyny, 
Like that beat was jamming, like Snoop yeah. was flowing on that shit. I was like, man, this is a hot fucking record. You know what he did? I haven't use thought about in years. That I was surprised is like that that Prince joint that he kind of did a couple years ago. You remember mm. that joint? I'm surprised he didn't um, break that out. Uh, sensual seduction. Yeah, sensual That's seduction. The shit. That song is the shit. That's yo. <laughs> that shit. I remember it used to be. It's just like. I love this podcast. <laughs> we really just be like flowing. I remember years ago, it used to be a spot on uh, Oyo Road around my mom's way. And like I was around there and you could like, they sold like soul food platters. Uh-huh. But it was also, I'm going to edit this out. It was a nigga. Um, So you would come in there and you would get like a platter and you would get some tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I walked in and it was right when uh, Sensual Seduction came out and they were playing that shit on the radio. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this song? Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. I, I kind of knew it was new. Yeah. But like you said, it felt like some Prince shit. Uh-huh. Like that 80s. Like it had like a new wave feel. I was like, what the fuck are y'all listening to uh-huh. in here? That song's like a classic. And it, I think that it's a testament to how strong Snoop's catalog is that he ain't even had to play that. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. some people, that's their hottest record. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? For some some artists, that's like the best shit that they ever did. Snoop ain't even have to throw it in to his 20-song rotation. Nah. Nah, I mean, like, X was like, he put, like, listen, man, shout out to X, but like, he pulled out everything he had for real, for real. Yep. Snoop yep. still had like bullets in the chamber for real. Yeah. Everything that X played, or X played everything that he did that popped, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't really think of a record that he, he left on the table. You know, nah, what I the mean? only thing I can think of is possibly like the, uh, the, uh, when you a dog, you a dog for life. Ride or die. The, the joint right. off the uh, belly soundtrack. That's probably the only thing. But like, I mean, for real, for real. I mean, it's a Meth Nas and DMX. It's not really a DMX song, so yeah. you know. But yeah, he pulled out like everything he had, um, and like he had like I re- I was I forget who they were talking about versus DMX a couple weeks ago, and mm. somebody was like, "Yo, DMX really ain't got nothing after that first album," and I was like. Nah, dog. Like that he got true. Nah, those the next two joints have hits. Excuse yeah. me. Like he had hits on those two joints. His biggest record, uh, "Party Up," is from not his first album. Yeah, and I hate you know that record. Mean? Like I despise I never, that song. Yo, real shit. Um, I'm usually wrong about songs that will like blow up. Uh-huh. I'm usually like, oh. I, I usually like misfire when I try to like predict that. When Party Up came out, I was like, yo, this shit is going to be fucking huge. <laughs> and they're going to play this shit everywhere. Though, to this day, you know, when like, you know, Corona's gone and, you know, niggas is back out here DJing and shit, I could play like the whitest wedding or like, you know what I mean? Somebody's Definitely. like high school reunion in the suburbs or something if I choose to. You play Party Up, motherfuckers are going to lose their shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's really like it's an eternal song, and I don't think I don't think that X made any music 
that wasn't for the culture. Like I feel like sometimes people make music that's not for us mm-hmm. in in an effort to like cross over. I, I don't think that X ever did that. I think that he made a sincere song, but that shit just blew up. Yeah, it blew up like out of control. You know what I mean? And yeah, I agree. I never fucked with Party Up. Nah, it I never. It, yeah, it was never like, oh, that's my shit. Nah, I did like like some of the symmetry stuff they would do where they're like, uh, you know, Snoop plays "What's My Name," so X mm-hmm. played "What's My Name," and then yep. like Snoop plays "Beautiful," so uh, X played uh, "Going Down." Uh-huh. Oh damn, that joint. Yeah, so like, yep. and dog yep. that song. Again, like there's certain shit that feels like summertime. That song mm-hmm. feels like summertime, dog. Right. You know on the I mean? block, you like street harassing John. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what that song is for. That's yes. what it's designed for. Yeah. Um, yeah, that shit. It. I. I did notice that too. That it felt like they collaborated and worked on the playlist yeah. as opposed to the format before. Where it was like, oh, you gonna play that? Oh, let me think. Oh, I'm gonna play this. It yes. felt this one felt like they really were in sync and intentional about it. Yeah, I really dug that feeling. Um, one thing I will say too, man, fucking Dre's production. Yeah, you hear like verses like, and listen, that's not a shot at Swiss at all. Like Swiss made fucking bangers, right? Mm-hmm. What you can listen to in that. Or like even Dame Grease, because I know Dame Grease did a bunch of those joints for X yeah. and shit like that. But how crisp shit from ninety two mm-hmm. sound or ninety one because Deep Cover is like ninety one, so yeah. shit from ninety one sounds so crisp and not just like oh it's on like really good speakers or whatever. You can right. hear like. Just the quality of production, how much, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, Daz was probably the one who sampled something or whatever. Dre, you could, like, was like, no, like, turn that knob just, like, a tenth to yeah. make that fucking symbol, like, stand out. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can really feel the crispness with, like, what Dre did. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really, you listen, you're just like, it's amazing how, like his touch as a producer. Yeah, I don't I think that um a lot of times we get caught up in hip hop specifically, we get caught up in attaching producer to creator of music. Yes. And I think that um after people kind of discovered cuz like frankly when we were little when like The Chronic came out, nobody was questioning if Dre made beats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think in years later in the 2000s when people started learning that Dre was working with like Mailman or like mm-hmm. Michael Elizondo or like all these different musicians, people were like, oh, well, Dre don't make beats. And I think that it's kind of like there's certain people who kind of like downgrade Dre. Dre is a master musician. Yeah. He's a master producer and a master engineer. You know what I'm saying? Dre's not like a guy who just you know, just got over and and popped off. You know what I'm saying? So I think that a lot of times people don't really acknowledge what he really did and put into the game. Like, like you said, a lot of that music, you listen to any other records from 1991, 92, it sounds like it's like a blanket on your speech. You know what I mean? 
niggas like me like that shit because I yeah. like you know shit to sound muddy and weird. Dre shit is crisp and impeccable to this day. A lot of them Snoop records, like Snoop played um, uh, Snoop Doggy. Dog. Yeah. I was listening. I was just zoning in on the bass line of that shit, and it had like that. Yeah, I think it's like a saw, like that, uh, that zzz, buzzy like baseline. That shit sounded impeccable out of like my, and I was watching it on my TV out of those yeah. speakers. You know what I mean, Dre? I watched it on my phone, so yes, like it was that crisp yeah. that I, I could hear that on my phone. If you've ever mixed a record and you know how difficult it is to get frequencies to play together harmonically so that it sounds like a a, a beautiful open space in the music that shit's not to be you know dismissed (laughs) you know what i'm saying and dre those songs they were making you know what i mean snoop as an mc his presence and the ability to put together songs they were really masters at that shit and it makes me sad like thinking about it that suge knight's hubris and his inability to like run his ship with compassion and with common sense really like fucked up one of the best things in rap ever. Oh yeah. I mean just you imagine know? another ten years of like Dre and Snoop and the dog pound and Yeah. And then Pac and then like you know what I mean? Like don't yeah. tell you <clears throat> go listen to uh Strictly For My by Pac. Mm-hmm. And that comes out around the same time as, uh, around the same year as um, The Chronic. Right. I mean, like, you could just hear the difference in quality right. of, like, yeah, right. Strictly For My is a classic, right? Like, you know what I right. mean? People love that record, but, like, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Dre was on another level, and there's a reason why that record blew up the way that it did. And they're saying terrible things on yeah. that record. Like, yeah. They're saying awful shit all over that record. But, you know, the Chronic and the first Snoop record, it there's something about that sound that that hit people emotionally and it made people feel good. Biggie, you could really tell when um, Ready to Die came out that Biggie was, was pulling influences from the Chronic. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's really the the uh big takeaway that I'm getting from this whole versus series and why I appreciate that it's in the world. Because I had a, I've heard a lot of cats like, no, I hear niggas play their old records or you know, uh some somebody call me when they're playing new stuff. Like yeah. whatever. That's like corny shit. I appreciate that these creative folks folks mostly black men you know and then also with erica and jill black women getting to like celebrate each other's music and then us as a community around the world regardless of race like uh, you know around the world we get to celebrate this music that these people made this shit is like it's some cool shit and it's a, a cool i've said this before on this podcast this is a cool consolation for not being able to go outside and not, you know, dealing with this horrible uh, virus that's been fucking killing people. 
it's it's no consolation, but it's it's a nice thing to have, and I yeah. appreciate them for making it. Yeah, I think um, it's it was also cool to watch them like be fans of each other. Like you could tell they were fans of each other's music, right? And like you know, in a in a in an industry that's like so much about bravado and. You know how competition, like, yeah, competition. How how much tougher you are than the other person to watch, like Snoop, like dance and shit, vibing out. <laughs> yeah, like well, well, DMX is rhyming is like is it was fun for me to watch. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, um, especially like if you remember, like when Snoop was knocking down buildings in the New York, New York video, right? You right. know what I mean? Like to that see shit like these style. Yeah, to see these two dudes like that that the one that that main picture of when like uh that gif or whatever that like became really popular of like uh Snoop like bopping in the back while X is rhyming is like it, it brought so much joy to me, you know what yeah. I mean? Um uh yeah, the some of that stuff lyrically in 2020 right. you don't even want to listen to it some of it. No. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. X has a whole verse on there that I was like, "Wow, we really should have thought about this one." The uh, the homophobic shit, yes, like that joke. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that shit until Chris Vance. Shout out to Chris Vance. He brought it up on Facebook and was like, "Yo, this verse is like really rough yeah. to listen to," and I was like, "Let me play this shit because I haven't heard this record in a million years." Dog, I played that shit and I was like, oh wow. And then the crazy thing, I can't remember the name of the tune. I'm like, I'm bad at uh Yeah, I mean I'm bad at <laughs> bad at titles. But um Dog, they even had the video and they're acting X is talking about, hey, you wear heels, lipstick. Yeah. And they're like acting the shit out, like yes. visually <laughs> representing it in the film. I'm like, who's this fucking video director? <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, bro, you know, go over there, smear some lipstick on your lips. X is gonna call you an F word. <laughs> and then we want you tie you know, tie your shirt up and make it, you know, a belly shirt. They really like acted that whole shit out. I'm like, yeah. man, the you know, People in our age group, mainly men in our age group, complain so much about women in hip hop. Women, you know, talking about sex in hip hop. Yeah. Uh, talk about, you know, they complain about rappers wearing tight jeans and like their clothes are tight and all this other stuff. On the level of acceptance and not pouring hate into our music. We are in a much better space than we've ever been oh, in hip hop. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because that X shit it show you how pervasive it was. I probably heard that record getting in and out of your car. You know what I mean? When we was young boys, going to a club, going in the store, listen to the radio. I probably heard that record everywhere yeah. when it came out, and it was so pervasive in the culture that I didn't even think about it no. until my man posted about it and I went back later as an adult with a different perspective and listened to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was so common. Um and you know, listen man, like you know, you could go back and look at something in in, in hindsight and be like, "Oh, that shit wasn't cool." Like, yeah. and that's perfectly okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Um and it's still okay to be like, "Yo, I still like this artist. That stuff was not cool to say." You know right. what I mean? Um, and I think what's crazy, too, is 
how like how much like uh latent homosexual lyrics were in like Snoop shit like the mm-hmm. all that the chronic is like full of like shit. yeah homoerotic <laughs> shit like a lot of telling dudes to to eat the gat and stuff like dog like this is yeah. really like you go back and look at like there's a lot of stuff like that um there's a lot of stuff of like you know i mean he has ain't no fun if my homies can't have none like yeah which is definitely you know yeah orgy song yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean, I mean you know it, it, I, the the whole dynamics around that whole thing that's a whole other conversation yes yeah, yeah yeah completely I, I thought about that shit too like what are you what are y'all really saying in this song yeah um this is a there, there's a lot of like problematic shit that you look back on and go like oh wow this was fucked up um yeah. but i think it's good that we're in a place where we can have that discussion um because i mean dude if you know in 2002 when that song came out that X had mm-hmm. if you would have tried to be like yeah man this isn't cool like blah, blah, blah. like you'd have got shouted down you wouldn't even <laughs> there was a, yeah, yeah there was no discussion to have yeah it's it's interesting too um when i really think back about um the hip hop journalism that i absorbed as a kid primarily the only voices the main voice i don't want to say only the main voices from within the culture who were critiquing the culture about homophobia, you know, sexism and all of that, it was women writers. You know what I mean? I I never really heard or saw the phrase homophobia in print in a rap magazine unless it was something written by a woman. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Niggas listening can like correct me, you know, if I'm wrong about that. But just in my experience, whenever I saw misogyny called out, homophobia called out in hip hop journalism, it was it was almost always a woman. And now that I'm even like saying it and thinking about it, I remember I didn't articulate this as a younger person, but I remember having the feeling that that's how women wrote. You know what I mean? Word. Like they they wrote in critique of rap's shortcomings, whereas men did that less so, especially around questions of gender and sexuality. So we we are celebratory than uh, critiquing. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So yeah, I I agree with what you're saying that that, like we're in a different place where we can even like talk about this shit freely. You know what I mean? And it's really, um, it's really it's it's cool to see that we've gotten to that place, but yeah, listening to some of this shit, I'm like, man, I can't even like, <laughs> like the beats no. are cool, you know what I mean? Y'all flowing on these shits, but some of this shit is X. It was one X record where he was he was just like straight up like, yeah, where all the bitches at? All yeah, bitches I saw that. that yeah. I was like, I was like, damn, I could imagine what um like young millennials and maybe like Gen Z who might have watched it. I imagine what y'all are thinking. Like looking at this. <laughs> yeah. You know? I I think there's there was yeah, I remember that part. I was just like, wow, like it just yeah. don't listen, man, like it, it hit different when you're you know, and you're an adult and you go like, This isn't cool. Like that just saying shit like that isn't cool. Um and you know, there's you, like listen, man. I think there's a there's a part of me subconsciously, even if if it if it is, it's that I don't go back to certain records because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to listen to that. Like, 
Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I just yeah. don't, like, my body reacts differently to that song now than it did, you know, fucking 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm not on no, like, cancel shit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, there's definitely, like, old shit that I'm like, all right, you know, it don't it don't hit me the same way, like you said. It, it doesn't um, serve me in the way that it did before when I was, like, a younger person. So, I, you know, certain shit I, I just leave alone. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, listen, you know, if you felt the same way about something, if you feel the same way about something from 25 years ago, then you probably haven't progressed much yeah. mentally. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're, you're still, you know, you if your views on everything remain the same all the time, then you're not really progressing at all. I'm glad you said that because this um, I see a lot of uh, we we probably should go to like our last break and then talk new music. But um, I see a lot of that in comedy. People are like, oh, well, blackface was cool in the 80s. Nigga, that was 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are we supposed to is it just supposed to be like a static thing? But that's people people who say that don't really care about the art of comedy or hip hop or whatever. It's really the 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 thing is being able to say and behave how I want to yeah. without pushback. You know what I mean? Niggas niggas aren't crying over, you know, Eddie Murphy routines. It's like yeah. why are y'all imposing power on me? Yeah, the the thing is like People just like the whole idea of cancer culture. It's like, well, you're just being held accountable for your actions for fucking 50 years. You were not held accountable for your actions. You're being held accountable now. Like, you know, you know, people like that's part of the problem with like a lot with the thing with comedians a lot, I think, is when you hear them go like, well, you know, people just don't think I'm you know people don't think these jokes are funny anymore or, or not even that they go you know they don't feel this is funny anymore because they're too PC it's like no nah, man like making like that was like the whole thing with uh, Seinfeld where he was like well I'm not doing these college campuses no more part of it was because people thought his joke about a gay French prince or whatever wasn't funny anymore you know why right. because like people don't think gay being gay is funny like right the world you, has changed yeah and just because you're like the you're not entitled to a laugh just because you said a joke. Yeah, your joke just might not be funny, man. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. Why don't we t- uh, hop into our dance break and then uh, we can uh, talk about some new music that dropped? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Snoop and DMX. Yes. You know, shout Swiss. out to Versus. Yeah. Yeah, Swizz and Timberland, y'all. Y'all on some shit. Y'all got to deal with Apple. You know what I'm saying? Getting that bread. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. Definitely. But yeah. Let's let's hop out. Hop back in. Who is David Bowie? Well, that depends on who you ask, or which record you play. To some, he's Ziggy Stardust. To others, the Thin White Duke, or Major Tom. But who is David Bowie really? To answer that question, we'll have to go Off the Record. My name is Jordan Runtog, and I'm the host of Off the Record, a new music biography podcast from iHeartRadio. Off the Record goes beyond the songs and into the hearts and minds of rock's greatest legends. Every season profiles one classic artist, taking listeners on a wild ride through their extraordinary career. The first season examines the life, or rather lives, of David Bowie. Each episode of the 11th part audio event tells the story of one of his iconic personas. Together, these faces form an intimate portrait of one of the 20th century's most influential figures. So who was David Bowie? Tune in to Off the Record to find out. 
Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Boom. Back in effect. Um, did you listen to any new shit this week? Yeah, I listened to a bunch of new stuff this week. Um, I checked out that Currency and Harry Fraud, uh, the Outrunners record. Oh, um, shit. How is that? I haven't uh, gotten around to it yet. Fucking flames, dog. <sighs> like a good combo, yo. <laughs> that's just about to say. Like Their combination is so good. They fit each other so much. Like. Yeah. And Currency is a like monotone rapper, and I don't mm-hmm. love monotone rappers. Yeah. But I think it's because when he works with Harry Fraud, they they just meet each other so much, and Harry Fraud like paints these lush lush canvases for him, yeah, for him to like go crazy on. I, I think like it, it's so it fits so well that like I just I love it, man. I feel uh, right into the groove. I'm about to bump that shit uh, right after we finish with this yeah. call. Though it made yeah. me. It made me want like, like get mad almost at like French for not fucking with Harry Fraud some more. Yeah, are they like not making music together? Or I don't know. I just know like a lot of French's stuff recently has not been all that stellar, and a lot of it's the beats. Like, yeah. the um, production thing, man. If you don't, if you don't figure out that beat shit, your your product like motherfuckers don't want. I, I you know, I listen to motherfuckers say. You know, I don't want to say whatever, but I'll listen to a motherfucker who I, I don't love as an MC. If the beat is real crazy, yeah. you know what I mean? Or if I if I do love you as an MC and your your beats are trash, that's a hard that's a hard thing to like ride along with for how twenty minutes, forty minutes, an hour, just trash beats on a record. Y'all y'all gotta get this shit together. It's nine million niggas out here to make beats. <laughs> yeah, though, and they all live. Too many like people. yeah. <laughs> you know, some of y'all niggas is trash, but like it's a lot of motherfuckers that's live. I dog, I hear a new nigga that's ill. I wanna say every day, just being on Twitter and yeah. scrolling and people are like, Oh, this is my man, such and such, oh, this is my man. Or a nigga will have a video where he like in his kitchen getting busy on the drum machine. Every day I hear a new motherfucker that's ill. Yeah. Y'all gotta start linking with him, yo. Like this this uh like Harry Fraud hit his line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I uh-huh. ain't hear this new shit, but I know it's fly based on his old shit. Yeah, dog, he laced him. Laced him, dog. Yeah. Laced him. Um, I also checked out, shout out, hey, you know, people who know me, yo, I, you know, you know, Young's Teflon is my man. 
yeah. out of uh, out of England. Um, I think he's Peckham. Uh, I think mm. he's South London. Uh, he got a new record out called Hustlers Don't Die Part Five. Oh, it's sure. a, um, he's got a bunch of Hustlers Don't Die records. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a single. Uh, it's a new single he has. Um, crazy beat is crazy. He's killing yeah. it. Um, he's my fa- he's probably like my favorite like grind rapper for real for real. Yeah. Um, and this shit is hard body. So yeah. go check that joint out. Um, and also. Uh, I know you checked this out too. Um, the Lupe Fiasco and uh, is it Kaylin Ellis? Kaylin Ellis, yeah. Kaylin Ellis, yeah. yeah. House, just, yeah, yo, yeah. it's crazy. Um, I've been a fan of Kaylin Ellis's music probably since he was like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. He, he I, re- I remember adding him. I think when he was like sixteen on like Facebook, like yeah. you know what I mean, because you told me about him and I heard his stuff. It's ill to see him getting his shit because he's like he's an incredible musician you know what i mean and lupe this really like i always respected lupe you know what uh-huh. I mean? as an mc this this really like unlocked some codes for me for him you yeah. know what i mean as an mc there they melded together beautifully you know his rhymes you know uh kaylin's beats and it was ill because it started with them on twitter like kaylin ellis just uh posting videos of him he'll be like playing the bass and then he'll put the drums down and the keys and yeah. lupe like ripped it from twitter and rhymed on it and they were like all right we're gonna make a whole ep together and it's really fucking dope and lupe yeah. is like he's he's in top form as yep. an mc on this shit is it it really it might make it on the, you know, we do these like year end shits. Yeah, it might make it on the mind, yo. Everything on here is solid. Yeah, he. Um, I, I was a big Lupe fan when he first dropped. Yeah. Um, then he got like heavy into like Euro synth pop beats. Yeah, he had them house beats. I yeah. don't even call it house. He had like the Night at the Roxbury beats. Yeah, and I was you know I mean? not into him, dog. And I haven't uh, really listened to Lupe in a while. Um, and when I heard this, I was like, this is what I wish Lupe would rhyme on all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, he got to do more shit like this. It, yeah. Apparently him and Nas are working on some shit. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, if the production is crazy, that shit will be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can let Nas pick no disrespect to Nas. I don't know if you can let Nas. <laughs> Be picking the beats. You might no. have to let Lupe do it, or get an outside person. I don't know who. I don't know who it could be. An outside nigga to pick the beats. But yeah, uh, apparently they're working on some shit together. So you know who knows. And this shit, listening to this uh, house EP, <coughs> really, really, really made me appreciate Lupe more. Yeah, you yeah. Know? He though he was always nice as a lyricist. Yes. I just, like you said, as I got older, like, listen, man, I could listen to rappers when I was, like, fucking teenager. I could listen to a dude spit over nothing, for real, for real. Like, dog, we both listen to fucking Supernatural rhyme off his head all the, you know what I mean, with no (laughs) beat a million times. So, I didn't care about beats. Like, I loved a good beat, but I didn't care about them when I was, like, a kid. Like, it was, like, it was secondary to, like, yo, super lyrical, miracle, spiritual. Like, that's what I cared about. Yeah. 
now, oh, I want to like vibe to the music. Right. And like, you know, you're giving me super lyrical, miracle, spiritual, habitual, not dope, dope, dope beats. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know give what me I mean? that good production with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I want to hear like super dope beats, stuff I can vibe out to make me feel like, feel a feeling. Yeah. And then let you paint over top of it. Like, that's, that's what I want to hear. And that's what a lot of this is on this record. It's like, you could feel the shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The art is super dope on the, on the, on the, uh, on the cover. Like, the cover art is super dope. Yeah. Um, it's like an impressionist painting looking thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's really good. Yeah. It'd be cool to see them make more music together. Yeah, oh, definitely. They're a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. Bring out the best of Lupe, dog. I'm not mad at that at all. There you go. So, um, other than that, yo, I think we can wrap. Uh, uh, you can check us out on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can uh, get us serious rap shit on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm Indy underscore SRS on Instagram and Twitter. I N D I underscore SRS. You're John underscore Liberator on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can get the abolished ice shirts and hoodies on Incense Trap and Yoga. Uh, we have a Sixers hype video on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. You can go like and subscribe there. Yep. Um, you can if you're listening to this on the iHeart. I mean, on excuse me, on the Apple, uh, podcast app. You can like and subscribe in the app. Uh, I mean, excuse me. You can uh like, rate and review us in the app, mm-hmm. and rate and review us. Give us all the love. I just read a really beautiful uh, review that somebody wrote last week. Oh, shit. Nice. Um, it was beautiful. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to do that. Even if you write that you hate it, like whatever, you took the time to listen. So, yeah. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate the love. We really appreciate you guys uh, supporting us. Uh, we got some big shit working on. We was on a couple calls the last couple of days. So, like, we got some shit in the works and we're working on some stuff for y'all. I really yeah. think people are going to love it and appreciate it. Oh, don't forget, we have the playlist every week. Every week, yep. uh, I create a playlist. This playlist this week is going to be fucking stellar uh, because of mm. all the stuff we talked about this week. Um, and Sexual Seduction will definitely be on the playlist. <laughs> Classic, yes. right? Um, other than that, yo, uh, y'all be good out there. Stay safe. Peace. Peace. Serious Rap is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Alec Baldwin. Listen to my podcast, Here's the Thing, on iHeartRadio. It's my chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers. I always like to say I like being an actress, but I love being Kristen. So I've prioritized that a little bit more than my like desire to spread my wings or prove to people that I can be some dramatic actress. If you like listening as much as I like talking with interesting people, go to here's the thing.org and subscribe now on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.